You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's your favorite dancer, Dan. It's just still Nick over here. Mm. You're definitely not my favorite dancer. I probably put Michael Jackson just ahead of you. It's, it's just it's just the enthusiasm that you have to appreciate. Where, where does Rain Dancer fall in all this? <laughs> Silk, big day yesterday. What's up? Father's Day. Happy, happy belated Father's Day to you. Uh, how, how was uh, how was how was your Sunday? Oh man, it was great, man. I would probably rank this Father's Day about third all time. About oh, all wow. my Father's Day. Okay, well, yeah. now we need the list. Oh, the first two, my both of my kids are born before and after um, Father's Day, so I'm gonna say those are the best two gifts. And then this past Sunday, like yesterday, was the the shiznit. I had a great time, Nick. Great gifts, uh, great love. It was wow. also it was also Zaddy Day a little bit. That's wow, all you get. Damn, I, think <laughs> I think the uh the most important thing that you got there was was uh was love. It's a surprise. Big love, man. <laughs> Big love. <laughs> no. That was a no, no, because love, like I've been doing this uh Father's Day awareness thing, you know, and before the love wasn't big on Father's Day. It was socks, barbecue grill kits, and, and shenanigans like that. But this year, you know, got some Dave Chappelle tickets. Woo! So yeah. Q's been listening to the pod, is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 man. That's why I thought you, you gotta throw that out there. You, you, spoke, little, you spoke it into existence. You got to up the gifts, man. Father's Day awareness. I'm doing it for you guys. You guys don't have kids yet, so right now I'm paying the, the ultimate price that for y'all be have better Father's Days than I did. How about that? Nick Silk keeps on uh, with this uh, Father's Day PR stunt. We might be getting ourselves like new cars and stuff by the time that we're dads. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, keep it going. Yeah, <laughs> like, like like five star recruits, man. Get the Bama right. gifts. Yeah, <laughs> get new get new Audi by the time I by the time I have a kid. Perfect. Oh man, uh, Nick, how's your weekend? Good, good. Uh, just hung out, hung out with friends, uh, and uh, laid low. It's uh, it's e- easy weekend. I just take it easy in the off season when I don't have you know three baseball games or traveling for football. I can see that. I can see that. Well, we got a big show today. Um, we've got Neil Blackman on. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled today on Monday uh, in a nine to nothing decision. Uh, about uh, amateurism, the NCAA antitrust. So we're going to get Neil to talk a little bit more about that blow to the NCAA. And then we're going to get Kelvin Bolden, who's the assistant director of player personnel, uh, a new member of the uh, UF recruiting staff uh, on to talk about that. We got two big commitments uh, for the football team this weekend that we're going to talk about as well. We'll go through Gator News of the Week and we'll close out the show. So you boys ready for another big show? Appreciate you for breaking that down to all the new listeners, man. You got it. It's like an index or table content, so they know where in the show to uh, to go to find what they're looking for. So uh, before we bring on Neil, let's give a shout out to our friend Lee Friedland at the law firm. Uh, Friedland and Associates going to help you with auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, Lee Friedland at the law firm of Friedland & Associates, 
95 injured in your fight, ourbattle.com. Joining us again in just a few weeks after his first appearance, this is his second appearance, is, uh, is our friend Neil Blackman uh, from Saturday Down South. Uh, he also does some work uh, in the podcasting world on the Florida Gator Basketball Hour, uh, but his daytime job is an attorney. So we're going to have him break down uh, the Supreme Court's ruling today. Neil, how are you doing this evening, my friend? Doing good, guys. What's up? Cold Not much, man. Hanging out a little bit, Neil. <laughs> now, Neil, tell me, we were talking a little bit pre-show. Um, I might be taking it farther um, than I should, but to me, the, the ruling today, I, I equated it to the, the first time the U.S. government used RICO to uh, go after the mafia and, and kind of the way that they threw antitrust into it. That's the last thing the the NCAA wanted to hear, and I feel like the, the the mafia NCAA has been hiding behind amateurism and antitrust, and today the U.S. government was like, not going to happen. You're literally the only organization in the country that is, as a company, as a business, is being able to run this way, and, and that can't continue. So I think it opens up a huge hole for more litigation in the future. Yeah, they're, they're one of two, Nick, and I think that's a good a good way of putting it. Uh, baseball is, is kind of the last institution standing, Major League Baseball. But, um, yeah, and, and antitrust is the way to start looking at the opinion, right? Because the, the way that this opinion works is it's not super broad. I mean, they just essentially say if you want to compensate kids for – basically reimburse kids for educational related expenses, then you can. Um, But that's not what really matters so much about this opinion. It's the fact that they say, Hey, the NCAA is subject to antitrust scrutiny. And so uh, you can no longer keep hiding behind the antitrust laws. And uh, the other thing that they say is um, amateurism, is mostly dead. It's mostly a myth now. Uh, and there's just too many people making too much money to prevent um, young people on whose backs a lot of the money is made uh, from, from earning to having the right every other American has to be compensated for their labor. Now the court doesn't go far enough to say that, but when you get a nine Oh opinion, right. that's amazing. Cause that tells you how, you know, of course, justices aren't supposed to be political, but we all watch the news occasionally, right? When it's 9-0, that tells you how bipartisan it is. Yeah. There's like so much agreement about this amateur question. And it's almost like the court is saying, hey, we are issuing an opinion where the NCAA now regrets appealing the decision that they already lost. <laughs> and on top of that, it's not so much about this decision. It's about the precedent it sets and the court saying, hey, uh, we kind of dare you to challenge some of these name image like this loss. You aren't going to like what we write. Mm-hmm. Right. Neil, before we dive too deeply into this, just as a quick refresher of probably your first class that you took in law school, what exactly is antitrust and, and what are kind of the, the surroundings of, of that word? Well, I mean, you know, essentially there's a, there's a couple different federal laws that are set up to uh, prevent monopolies, um, to to promote private business and enterprise. And, you know, the idea was 
uh, to illustrate that if, if major college programs have been able to compete for recruits like Zion uh, in a sport I cover or Trevor Lawrence or Tebow by offering them market value scholarships, right? I.e., here's what you would be worth to Alabama. Here's what you'd be worth the UF. Then naturally uh, some of these scholarships would have been worth hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, uh, much like free agency. So that was how this lawsuit actually began. It began. And the idea was um, that the NCAA caps on compensation of athletes completely is cartel like because they, the NCAA controls and limits what people can make in terms of their money. Now, by the time it got to the Supreme Court, it was just Alston and Ed O'Bannon that were basically saying, well, we never got any of our education-related expenses back either, and that is also cartel-like. <laughs> um, it's just that this ruling is in a more limited manner, but it really has to do with the ability of people and workers to compete for the value of, of their labor in the market. Uh, Neil, I want to talk about something specifically that Neil Gorsuch, one of Supreme Court justices, said. Um, put simply, this suit involves admitted horizontal price fixing in a market where the defendants exercise monopoly control. Uh, what do you think is next for the NCAA, for college sports moving forward? Horizontal, um, horizontal price fixing and monopoly control are words that you don't want to see in a Supreme Court decision ruled against you. Um, where where does the NCAA go from here? Uh, and where does the law, do you think, go from here? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think the most consequential impact of this decision is in the years ahead, because forever and ever, and you know this, you know, the NCAA argument against horizontal price fixing was, well, we get favorable treatment under antitrust law. Uh, so we don't have to reimburse dollar amounts for academic expenses. We don't have to compensate athletes. And they have consistently said that. And the, the, the basis for that was the NCA Board of Regents opinion um, and where Justice Stevens said, well, you have ample latitude under antitrust law. Justice Kavanaugh uh, suggested in oral argument, as did Justice Gorsuch, that that wasn't really the holding of that case. And today, Justice Gorsuch doubled down on that. And he said, look, the way we compensate student athletes wasn't even an issue. And you should have never been able to just say you weren't subject to anti, uh, antitrust law. So I think this decision establishes this precedent, precedent that the NCA is going to always be subject to antitrust scrutiny. And again, I think that the real issue there becomes what happens next in the next case. Uh, Neil, want to talk about Greg Sankey's uh, comments that he said. He said that today the Supreme Court's opinion in the Alston case provides clarity as we move forward to provide additional educational related benefits to student athletes. What's also clear is the need for continuing evaluation of the collegiate model consistent to the court's decision and message. Our next step is to engage with our member institutions to consider the implications of the opinion delivered today by the court and to continue our tradition of providing superior educational and competitive opportunities while effectively supporting student athletes. So I have a specific question, but before I do that, I do want to um, shout out Greg Sankey for giving an actual uh, opinion of moving forward rather than just a, a continued fight that I thought uh, that you might potentially see from 
maybe other commissioners or, or the NCAA. Um, but what do you think when we're talking about educational related benefits? I know we're talking about laptops. They've mentioned post-grad scholarships, things of that nature. But is there a, a legally defined term of, of what that could mean? Or are we still waiting on some case law to be adjudicated of what that could actually mean? Yeah, I, I would join you in applauding Greg Sankey for once again taking a position that appears proactive and as if the SEC is going to make moves that re- aren't aren't reactive, right? We don't we won't we don't want to be reactive to things uh, in the world of sports. So so I would join you in that. In terms of what's next, uh, what I think is important is that this was affirming a ninth. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals decision, um, which was affirming a ruling by a district judge, Claudia Wilkin. Mm-hmm. And that was the 10-day trial in in favor of Sean Alston in that class. Um, and it was joined by the Ed O'Bannon case. So basically what the details of what education-related compensation means, the Supreme Court today sent the case back to her to figure that out. So she's going to kind of make that decision. And the Supreme court rejected pretty strongly a bunch of these arguments that the NCAA made about how schools would abuse this. Um, You know, first of all, they kind of made fun of amateurism and they're like, well, it's funny that you're worried about a few bucks here and a few bucks there when uh, the president of the NCAA makes 4 million a year. (laughs) And then, uh, Kind of and, and was just extended as well. Yeah, just, just extended, and it references high-level head coaches uh, in the you know, and, and says these people are making million-dollar salaries. Um, so I think they reject that argument, and they also say that the NCA can still make rules about what education-related benefits mean. It's just that they're all subject to antitrust scrutiny, but won't won't happen anymore for example, is the idea of a kid that wants to work a job, right? Um, the NCA can't say, well, he can't do that. Uh, and it's not an educational related activity. If it is an educational related activity and not Kirby Smart hooking up his guy to learn how to sell cars at an Athens car dealership, um, you know, it's going to be allowed. So I think one really interesting thing about this is that the better your academic institution, at least right now, as the state of the law is, the more attractive these scholarships are to recruits because as part of your scholarship package, you can now say, here's what we compensate in terms of education-related expenses. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that creates a lot of value to the scholarship. And again, like I said, what I expect to happen is – the NCAA to now back down on challenging name image likeness in the courts. So really what you have is a two prong assault on amateurism. You have on the one hand, this education related expenses assault. And on the other hand, you have name image likeness where like everyone else in America, athletes can now profit off their labor. Okay. With the NIL real quick, Neil, um, we keep speaking about in, in, in uh, the NIL with NCAA, aren't we waiting on certain states to to free some of this up as well? Yes, look, we are. Uh, we're, we're waiting on a bunch of states to do it now in the states where, and again, I think that becomes a question of whether there's competitive advantage to being in a state that, that already has it. 
Um, I would think that there is, but yeah, that's not universal in all 50. Whereas this, because it's from the Supreme court, you know, now education related expenses everywhere are subject to antitrust scrutiny. Right. Now the court didn't say that they have to do it. It said it's discretionary, but again, you, you all know how the big schools that want to win are going to react. Like they're going to do it now. What's your opinion? You know, I see some of the kids already getting active with the NIL. I seen um, Trey Dean had put out a clothing line. Um, it's one of the guys I seen on UF roster. What's your opinion on that? You think, uh, should the schools kind of slow them down or, or what should be the approach here? Well, I mean, I think, I think the schools that embrace it are going to be better because I think that, you know, the reality is if, if you work for a stockbroker, if you work for a day trader, if, if my law firm conspired with another law firm to limit my salary and said, you know, we think Neil's a decent lawyer, but he writes about football and he writes about basketball. So whatever he does in the law is for the love of the law. And, and we're not going to let him make more than X dollars. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that I would leave my law firm, but I sure might. And so, you know, to me, the schools that lean into it uh, are going to be in in better shape. I was talking about from like more of a, like a legal standpoint. Do you think they put lawyers around them to watch, make sure they're doing the right work, contract wise, and things like that? I got you. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. No, you good? No, you good? It's good for the yeah. listeners. Probably thought that way as well, so that's fine. Yeah. No. Uh, I do. I think that one benefit of this is going to be people in the legal profession, and I also think uh, people in both the the accounting professions and in this this new idea that you're getting in high schools, where we finally teach kids how to manage money. Right. <laughs> like how many of y'all went to high school and no one told you a darn thing about how to save any money at all? Nothing. No, I think not, I think I learned how to taxes, like nothing. No, teach you shena- nothing. Just shenanigans. Like, so like we finally have life skills classes in better schools about that stuff. And I think that's going to be a big part of recruiting now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, this is our guy that he's our name image likeness guy. Hey, Father's Day is over, man. You better answer that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when you when you got the the autistic daughter, uh, she she doesn't know what's going on other than my dad's in a room. All right, <laughs> no, you good, man. I understand. My, my, yeah. my son's not autistic. He's just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I, we're gonna, I think we're gonna start seeing some uh, some uh, drivers ed majors at uh, at Alabama, and then you know that that charger is a, nece- a necessity for your major. And, and now we're getting new chargers every other every other semester. Um, but the to cars, me, I, are you talking about like computer cars? Chargers, cars, not computer oh, okay. chargers. No, we're talking <laughs> about talking about a nice red Dodge twenty twenty two Dodge Charger. Right. Um, I think I think the biggest thing that like today you said Neil, it was so the the opinions and the decisions was, on, was so narrow, and now it's being sent down to kind of hey, you figure this stuff out. What is necessary stuff like that? I think the biggest thing is just down the pipeline and it kind of just put chinks in the armor of the argument the NCAA has used since, you know, the first Yale versus Harvard football game was sponsored by a boating company. Um, you know, since the very first game, there was money involved in college football um, and the players have never been able to see, you know, any of that. So I think today uh, the ruling just provides further uh, routes and avenues for, other players to file their own lawsuits and gets to a point where, okay, we're going to see actual, you know, real change. Do you think if the, if the ruling had been 
let's say five four instead of nine zero, um, the NCAA could come back and just throw like a little breadcrumb at the players and 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 how more impactful it was a nine zero ruling instead of you know a six three or a five four. No, I mean again, I think it's huge because we look, we live in the South, right? And I think in the SEC and the Big Twelve. You can't judge fan bases on Twitter. I know, I know a lot of y'all know that, right? But uh, those are the most active and passionate fans in a lot of ways. And there is some pushback, I guess, in the Southern leagues to to this idea of name, image, likeness. Um, there has been some of that, and I think proactive governors like Governor DeSantis have been good on on squelching out that and just saying like it's really kind of un-American to not let people profit off their labor. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the nine Oh is huge because it quiets some of that criticism down among some folks. And, you know, while I don't know if everybody agrees with like Kavanaugh who said that like the NCAA needs to stop exploiting athletes in the opinion. Um, that's pretty harsh language, but it's pretty interesting that like justice Kagan, who was an antitrust litigator for the government for years, just said the NCA has been price fixing for 40 years. Like it's time for that to stop. Uh, so that's right now one of the most liberal justices and one of the most conservative justices in lockstep on something. And then Clarence Thomas, the most conservative justice uh, says, you know, it's funny to him that the NCA seems less concerned about coaches salaries ballooning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so man, like that's, that's a pretty brutal assault. And what I think is going to happen is now the NCA is going to be reluctant to go to court to challenge things like NIL, right. Mm-hmm. Which opens the door silk for more States to, to come and adopt it that we're maybe afraid. And then what's going to happen is in States where it doesn't exist, there's going to be lawsuits. Mm. Like they're going to say, this is anti-competitive when it, right. all they need is a public school that's involved basically. I find no irony in the fact that on Friday, the NCAA announced that they're separating from a consulting firm that was helping them work through NIL uh, work to just a weekend later, uh, the Supreme court basically says, Hey, this is, this is the world that you're going to have to live and you better learn or die. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that the NCAA is going to go out uh, in a, in a flame uh, trying to fight all of this. But uh, Neil, I guess my last question for you is, is when do we start seeing the effects of this ruling? So uh, I think the effects of it in terms of, I think the biggest effects will be in a few years, but I think we start, we start seeing it soon, more or less as soon as people can come up with ways to market education related compensation in their scholarship packages. Now, one point I wanted to last make, cause I brought up NIL and I don't want listeners to get confused. NIL is different than what this is today, but they're linked because all NIL rules and education related compensation rules are governed by NCA rules. And what today's holding does mean is that NCA rules are subject to antitrust scrutiny. So like I said, it could take a few years for lawsuits to move down the chute on overall compensation, but the NCA, but because it's a nine Oh decision, the Supreme court t- today basically said the courthouse doors are open, baby. And 
you guys come and the NCA is like, well, man, you know, we get, now we're paying a lot of lawyers. So it's time for the NCA to get with the time, so to speak. And I think that that starts happening at the NCA offices tomorrow. Right. So, hmm. um, but, but in terms of when we see impacts, I don't know. Florida's a top 10 university. It's a Florida podcast. Like Florida's going to come up with some way to market that quick. Perfect. Well, Neil, we appreciate your time again, especially last minute to, to break down this ruling for us. Remind everybody where they can follow you on Twitter, your podcast, all of your writing and everything else. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. And uh, you guys can follow me at NW Blackman on Twitter. Um, you can also follow uh, our podcast at Florida BB hour. Uh, you want the latest on basketball stuff. So we record a little less in the summer because there's less to talk about. And apparently Mike White is only going to use the transfer portal forever. So <laughs> I, I ain't doing a recruiting show until they actually recruit somebody, but uh, hit us up. I love it. Well, Neil, thanks so much again for your time. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Thanks, appreciate it. There we go. We got uh Mark Emirate Escobar. Bad day for him. Yeah. Bad day for him. That's crazy. I mean, that a bad day for the NCAA means just like good things for student athletes. That's wild, but that's like a reality that we live in. Uh, but the NCAA only works for the schools. Like mm-hmm. they only govern the rules that all these schools t- paid them to govern. You know. Well, they let's just, talk about how many. They, they, how many of it. they just take they take the beating from fans and, and everybody yeah. else. But really, bro, it's the it's the colleges. Yeah, no, and, and it's and again, it's no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't escape me the fact that uh, colleges have been figuring out ways to take advantage of students for decades, um, right. whether it be financially, whether it be through uh, ridiculous academic uh, necessities that are required, absurd fees, whatever the case may be. So, um, I think that this is a great day for student athletes. I think that this is good for the viewer. I think that this is good for everybody but the NCAA. I think it's it's far beyond time for the NCAA uh, and universities to figure out a better way uh, to support student athletes that generate millions and, and sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars for their, their university. Speaking of that, I remember having a class in college and we had to buy two books that totaled to like $350 and they were both written by the professor. And I'm like, yeah. what kind of scam is this? Yeah, that's there a good was, scam. I like that one. There was a, <laughs> there was a class. I like that scam. Here's my that's podcasting smooth. book. Everyone yeah. on the world up needs to buy it. Oh, yeah, and, and, and I have no, you got to buy my book and my tutorials and shit, right? And, and I have no doubt, Nick, that he changed that uh, volume uh, every, I don't know, probably semester or every other semester. Just, just, just to move some just, commas around. Yeah, just, hey, it's a new right. volume. There was a, a class that I took in college. Um, it was a, a science class called Age of Dinosaurs. Uh, and this professor had it completely figured out. He, everything was what on it. What was that class for? I'll, I'll tell you about it in a second. It was a CD <laughs> and you had to buy the CD and you couldn't resell the CD because you had to type in a, uh, like an ID associated with it. And it can only be used once. It was $90. All of the tests and quizzes were done on that, except for the in-person stuff. Um, and everything was written by him. So he got all of these millions or, you know, the hundreds of thousands of dollars every year just on that alone. And then you could never resell it back to the bookstore. Just a, a wild, uh, speaking of the mafia or the mob <laughs> type mentality, right? Uh, Age of Dinosaurs, uh, Silk is a class that a lot of students that aren't uh, science majors take. 
at the University of Florida. It's an easy A. Uh, you really don't talk a lot about dinosaurs. You talk more about rocks and stuff like that. Uh, just an easy A. You know. Rocks for jocks. Rocks for jocks. And, and you were a, a noted and decorated intramural football player, so it makes sense that you're in Rocks for Jocks. That's exactly right. Exactly mm. right. I had a great joke, but I'm not going to use it. Well, I appreciate that. Um, before we get on, uh, we do want to um, – Lift our thoughts and prayers up to uh, to Tyler Hall. A lot of you knew him as Tice a year ago today. Um, he passed. Um, so shout out to Tice. We miss you, bro. Uh, we knew that he was a an avid uh, Florida Gators fan. He was a listener to this podcast, a friend of a lot of people that listen to this podcast, uh, and just a great uh, member of the Gator Nation. Um, so, again, he passed a year ago today. Um, uh, rest, in peace. rest in peace to the homie, Tice, man. Uh, just great dude. If you ever met him, you know, like real friendly. Always smiling, always just great energy, man. So long live Tice. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to uh, remember Tyson in a monetary way, uh, his family set up a scholarship to the University of Florida called the Tyler Tice Hall Endowed Memorial Scholarship, which supports forestry students in their junior or senior year. I think it's a $500 scholarship that they give out uh, every year. So if you want to do that, you can reach out to the uh, UF Advancement uh, Department or type that in. It's, again, the Tyler uh, Tice, that's T-Y-C-E, Hall Endowed Memorial Scholarship, uh, and give to that fund in honor of him. So rest in peace. We miss you, brother, uh, and we'll think about you uh, moving forward, man. Um, but as we move on, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Roof Soldier. So if you need a new roof or if your roof is leaking, uh, maybe your insurance company is making you replace your roof. Uh, it's hurricane season. We've already made it through our first tropical depression uh, here in the United States. Give them a call, 1-877-ROOFS-FL. Again, 877-766-3735. Mention Stadium and Gale, you'll get $1,000 or more off your roof replacement. Again, that's RoofSoldier.com, 1-877-ROOFS-FL. And boys, big weekend in recruiting. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friend Carlton Black with Cardinal Financial. He's licensed in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. So if you're looking for a home loan, including a conventional loan, FHA loan, VA loan, fixed rate loan, adjustable rate mortgage, jumbo loan, or more, he also can help with construction loans and one-time closes, as well as down payment assistance loans. Also, if you're looking to refinance, he can help you there to give him a call at 404-769-5501 or carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Again, that's 404-769-5501, carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Guys, it's been a little while since we had multiple recruits happen or uh, commit in a weekend, but we did it this mm. weekend. The Gators hosted, I think, six or seven uh, official visitors and then a number of unofficial visitors this weekend. The Gators grabbed first uh, from Mobile, Alabama, out of Faith Academy, 6'3", 200-pound. Linebacker Shamar James, who Rivals has listed as the 211th best uh, player in the country, 247 composite, has him ranked as the 146th ranked player in the country, uh, plays linebacker, also plays wide receiver and wildcat quarterback uh, for his team. Silk, we'll go to you first. Your thoughts on what I think a lot of people thought was an unlikely commitment of Shamar James this weekend. Yeah, I said on stage, not stage Miguel, but I said on a big three roll-up as a kid we was getting on campus, but a kid from Mobile, Alabama, that I just thought was 
good to have them on campus. You know what I'm saying? The profile of kids coming on campus is going up. I was crediting the, the off the field staff and a lot of things, but uh, C Rob and other guys had something else in mind. Um, uh, they spoke to the kid and he he was tell, uh, kind of saying that he didn't have any expectation on committing or anything like that. Uh, just got to campus, enjoyed the visit. Uh, they knocked it out of the park. Family loved it. Um, I see Rob just telling a good message, man. Shout out to Diabate and school. Um, two guys that we schooled up from the Alabama area that that also was important in in his visit. Um, just I think this is a a great get. A guy that Bama high on Bama board. They wanted this guy. He's in their backyard. Saban come down to South Florida, snatch ours, we snatched his, man. So get up out of our backyard, we'll stay out yours, maybe. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Shamar James shouted out both Christian Robinson and uh, Chase Clark as being uh, – who's an assistant director of player personnel as well, Chase Clark, uh, as big parts of his recruitment. Uh, Nick, you've been involved in a lot more recruiting than, well, I ever thought you would be. What are your thoughts on Shamar James? Uh, like like, like so said, I think it's just a big get. One, it's uh, – I think Florida wants him at linebacker. Um, that's a position if you start looking. I think Florida's loaded this year, but um, you know you're going to lose a bunch of guys um, to the NFL and to graduation. So I think it's a position you need to start loading up on. Six three, two ten already. Um, big rangy guy. Um, could, play, could play some DB, some star as well. Never yeah, know. yeah. Uh, that versatility. I think. And, and right. shout out to C Rob. Um, I think C Rob hit the ground running and recruiting, and then. Um, some people uh, on the Twitter streets have been wondering what he had been doing since his, you know, first year, second year. Um, but Shamar was big on his relationship with C-Rob and how honest he was. Um, so I think it's a big get. Um, being a South Florida elitist, I'll take what Silk said and said, well, I would like to go ahead and keep going to, to your backyard in South Florida rather than going to going to Alabama. But, I mean, Mobile produced uh, Tony, Michael P. Ryan. Um, so you've gotten some good pulls, some good, some good athletes and some good return from that area. Um, but it's always good. Just, Hey, keep poking the bear, poke the bear and be like, we're here. We're going to, we're going to come into your area and take some guys you want. Something interesting also to me was I saw, um, Tony tweet about it after, uh, after the commitment. And I wonder how much Florida gets those guys involved, guys that are, you know, in the league or guys that have moved on you know, get them involved in any kind of recruiting, you know, whatever they can. Yeah, that's that 251 connection. Shout out to Kadarius Tony for signing his contract uh, as well just a couple of days ago. Uh, Shamar James, I, I know a lot of people get freaked out when crystal balls roll in, uh, and a lot of people take them as gospel. Uh, there's a couple of crystal balls in favor of Alabama for Shamar James. Uh, I think a lot of people expected him to go to Alabama or at least thought that that was the, that was at least the prevailing thought. Uh, like you said, Silk, I think that he can play a lot of positions. Obviously, he's rangy. He's He's fast. He's versatile and athletic. Uh, that's the reason he plays quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, uh, defensive back, safety uh, for his school. So uh, I think that he's a huge get. I think that those are the guys that you need to get. Those are the ones that are impact players that affect other people's recruitment as well. Uh, we talked about it on, I believe it was the last show, uh, about big name guys committing and committing early and being guys that go out and recruit. Uh, and good players want to play with other good people. And so um, you know, getting a guy like Shamar James is huge. I think he helps mm -hmm. fill a, a variety of holes, and I think that he can either grow or shrink into a number of positions. I know a lot of people have him slated as linebacker, uh, but I know Rivals has him listed as a as an athlete. So uh, I think Florida wants him uh, at linebacker as well. But uh, you know, we'll see what what he does and what he grows into. But I think that that's a huge get. Uh, for
for the Florida Gators not to be outdone. Just a few hours later, the Gators grabbed wide receiver Chandler, C.J. Smith, wide receiver from Bishop Moore. He's a composite on 247, 364th ranked overall, the 54th ranked wide receiver, and is also going to run track at the University of Florida. Um, he's posted times of a 10.28 and a 20.62 in the 100-meter and 200-meter, respectively. Uh, he may be one of the fastest players that Florida's ever recruited since Jeff Dems. So let's break it down. Speed, speed, speed. Dan Mullen wants to be the fastest team in the country, bro. He's he's very well on his way. The wide receiver course is nasty. They're not just fast. They're also big kids. Um, 6'1", better, just like Billy like it. Billy doing what he want to do on the trail right now. He's getting what he want. Um, it ain't just T.J. Smith. Uh, shout out to Bun. Bun was at Bama this weekend riding shotgun with Nick Saban. Uh, big time. The big dogs are out the guys we got. Like, we need to get credit to this staff for, for knocking it out of the ballpark so far this season. They've had a steady approach, nothing quick, not rushing anything. But they're landing guys that are studs, guys that can make a, a difference quick when they get on campus, not guys that got to be developed for a long time. When you're competing with Bama and the big dogs of the world, I mean, you out for guys that can play right away. So, I man, I just want to give a shout-out to the staff for, for doing what they're doing so far. If we could get heavy seats start hitting like this, man, I might start getting real crazy, you know? Um, One of the tweets that came from Shane Graham, the special teams uh, coach, I thought it was dope. I don't know if this is what they're selling, but he tweeted, he said, recruit, your, de your decision doesn't depend on what staff has the biggest hype, man. Well, you have the most fun on your officials, fan follows, likes, retweets, but it's, a, it's about a natural fit that makes sense for you, your future, and what feels like home. Chosen few 22. I think that's dope, man. Um, just like you, you talk about the, the, the kids that we got, the Diabates, the uh the Jeremiah Williams, Scooby Williams, those guys that left Bama, not following the hype of Alabama, because it's easy to do. Um, I'm pretty sure Tony is, is screaming and helping out with that Alabama recruitment of, yo, man, go your own route and you go first round like I did. Go be your own guy. So I think it's dope. Staff got something cooking, and I'm buying it right now. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, I think that you're starting to see uh, quite a bit more uh, of – this staff being vocal on social media. We saw uh, Hova, who is uh, uh, on the recruiting staff uh, as well. John, yeah, John. John, John Heron uh, right. tweet uh, about, um, you know, tweet a photo of, you know, Florida's defense alignment that have been drafted uh, and drafted highly. Um, you know, Walter Nolan, who's a guy that the University of Florida wants, um, five-star guy, has been on campus a number of times recently, uh, formerly a Georgia commit, uh, was at Michigan. Um, and there's a lot of rumors and speculation that uh, Michigan has been very actively, negatively uh, recruiting against Florida, especially in the defensive line. Still uh, feel area. good. Yeah, so, um, you know, they're getting more active. They're putting things out there. I think that Florida has a great product to sell. I think the issue a lot of times has just been messaging uh, and the way that they, they're getting out there. So um, the staff seems to be putting in a lot of hard work. The results are starting to pay off, and Florida is in the mix for a ton of players uh, out there. Nick, we didn't get your thoughts. Get, break down some of your thoughts on uh, on C.J. Smith. Yeah, I had the chance to talk to him. Um, the first time I talked to him, I think it was uh, – the junior day, the very first time Florida had uh, guys on campus mm -hmm. and um, no one had asked him about track. And, and I remember being like, Oh, well, do you want to do both thinking, you know, Hey, if you're a serious track guy, um, the program, that the, Mouse, the yeah. program that mouse has like, this is, this is the place for you. And there's a, 
you know, uh, guys who have done both. I mean, that's that's really tough because, like, as soon as football ends, your track season starts and you're going to miss – like, Jeff Demps used to miss spring football because he was running track. Um, so it's tough. But, yeah, he said, no, we got a chance to sit down and, and talk to talk to them. And they said, you know, it would be a, a definite possibility. So I think the opportunity to play football and run track at Florida – um, on top of, you know, everything academic that Florida offers was probably the biggest thing in his recruitment. Um, and sure, you know, Alabama can offer that too, but you're talking about a program at Florida that is a perennial, um, you know, SEC champion or, or contender and, and contends for national champions, uh, national championships. So I think that's a huge, huge factor. And, and I think that's probably why you think, you know, hold on to that commitment as well. What do you Absolutely. think about? Uh, uh, I like his. I like real quick. I like his. I like his top end speed. I do think he could work on uh, route running, which a lot of track guys can. A lot of guys at his level can. But I do. I like. I like him as a prospect, man. His ceiling's crazy. I think he's gonna go up in rankings. Um, not 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 a whole more, lot more to say about him, but a great prospect. Uh, he was supposed to take some Georgia, Georgia yeah. and I think a, a, a more visits, but he kind of shut it down after the Florida visit. Go ahead, Dan. No, I think that um, so you were mentioning Isaiah Bond earlier, and I wanted to mention this uh, as well. You know, Florida really has gone after speed, like you mentioned. So uh, Isaiah Bond is a 10-4-8, 100-meter guy. Uh, Julian Humphrey uh, is a guy that runs, I think, in the, the high 10 eight. Uh, I mean, those are just a program that – has has seemingly recruited not the way that Urban Meyer did. Urban Meyer often wanted the fastest guy, and, and we'll figure it out. Just get him the ball, and we'll figure the rest out. Uh, or get him on campus, pardon me, we'll get him the ball and figure the rest out. So um, I love the strategy. You know, like you said, Silk, they're bigger guys. They're not lean tweener types. You know, Isaiah Bond and C.J. Smith both, both have the the – bodies to to be able to perform at a high level in football they're not just track guys they're not just going to be speed you know x guys that just run you know streaks up the sideline right i think that they're guys that can contribute um you know but speed is so important at the college level uh and if florida really wants to win um and to take it to that next level then i think this is the way that you do it he's got he's got size too i remember asking him um On- if- yeah. I remember asking CJ if uh, Florida kind of compared him to anyone or if he compared himself to anyone. He brought out Trayvon Grimes, obviously um, better top end speed, but, you know, like at like six, three, um, he, he's got, he's got some good size. So I think that's a, you know, another, another great get for Florida and um, man, it should be a good month overall. I don't think it's done. Yeah. What are you no. hearing? What are you hearing, Nick? Give us the tea. <laughs> the T, um, what the streets call it, the T. I think tea. I think it's I think it's going to slow down now. I don't think there's any more official visits in June. Um, but yeah, I mean it's been it's been wild, and um, I think no Gibbs, no no Gibbs action anytime soon. I think uh, we some Gibbs action here soon, like a week maybe. or so. No, I think yeah, I think uh, I I would put maybe put him on commitment watch. He was just on an official visit, um. I think who else is on official visits? See, uh, he was on with Shamar Smith, Weselock. Yeah, you know, yeah, which is an incredible prospect, man. I love his film. Um, so that's big too. I think it's a. I think you know we talked about. It, I think last week, you know, you get to a situation where these guys want to play with each other. Um, you, you know, you look at like the super team culture in the NBA. It's like, hey, I want to go somewhere where I can get, win and compete. 
get get all these like really good players on. You know, back when you're playing NCAA football, you're like, oh shoot, I shouldn't bring the top three defensive ends on campus this week because I don't want them to uh, get scared. But I think these kids want to play with each other, and mm-hmm. and you get a situation where hey, get all this talent on campus, and and let's see if we can get them talking and and dreaming of hey, if we're all here on the same team, we can go win a championship. Absolutely. Nick, the one name that you left off there that visited, and I believe this is his third official visit to the University of Florida, and you're wondering how that is, um, is Elijah Gray. <laughs> He's the guy that was previously committed to Jim McElwain, uh, ended up uh, not uh, signing uh, with the Florida Gators, ended up going to junior college, uh, ends up heading to Nebraska. Then he heads to Texas. Uh, he opted out. I believe he also declared for the draft at some point during that or said he was going to declare for the draft at some point. Uh, but Elijah Blades, who in 2019, the last time he played, started six games for Texas A&M, had 19 tackles, one and a half sacks, three pass breakups, uh, changed his Twitter profile picture to him in a Florida Gators uniform. I know a lot of people had him on commitment watch and maybe they still do. Uh, but Elijah Blades, Silk, I know you have some thoughts on uh, on Elijah Blades and his uh, – I have thoughts. You got thoughts too, fam. What do you mean? What'd I you do. Say? I'm What'd you say, Dan? What you, you ready to yeah, debate? Said, All right. Prepare your notes. I, I said yeah. that I, I said I did not need Elijah. Am I, ju- am I the judge here? Yeah, you could judge it. Okay. You could be, I said you, that I did not necessarily need – I didn't say necessarily. I'm sorry. I said I did not need Elijah Blades on my campus. I don't need him, but I want him a little bit, Dan. Okay. Just because I don't like – my secondary last year was food. Only thing mm-hmm. that was proven that's back, especially a corner, is Kair. Uh, I'm scared of Jaden Hill. I keep telling y'all on this show. Like, I don't trust Jaden Hill, and clearly the staff don't, because they went up to two transfers at one spot, which is which is a red flag. They seen something in spring that say, yo, we need to bring at least in two bodies to reassure this position. And, and that position is the nickel corner, or is that the second corner? I think they, they, they all these guys are yeah are like the same. I think they they like flexible guys, Pauls. Hmm. Um, so I think all like the nickel corner. I think all that's interchangeable. Only person that's really stuck uh is is Kyrie. But I think that second corner spot and that nickel spot is interchangeable. I've been seeing the one black workout the linebacker. So I really think it's up in the air. Yeah, um, I, I think the biggest reason uh, Elijah Blades, um, I think, is is a fine player. I think that he, you know, potentially has a future somewhere. I don't know if he necessarily makes Florida any better next season um, than a Jaden Hill uh, or somebody else that could potentially get those snaps. Um, I think that you're taking a chance on a guy that, in his five years or so of playing college football, has never really amounted to, to much. Um, even when he played at Texas A&M and started at Texas A&M, I don't think that he was particularly great. Um, his pro football focus you know, numbers don't really speak very highly of him as a player. Now, if he's a depth add, then, then maybe, but I, I think that Florida has quality enough players, just as quality as Elijah Blades, that if there's another scholarship opportunity to give to somebody that may transfer during the summer – then that's somebody that I would rather use that scholarship spot on. Uh, you already brought in Jadarius Perkins. I think that Florida has a lot of talent there at cornerback, and I don't necessarily think that adding Elijah Blades makes that secondary any better. I, I think just haven't seen the talent. Guy. Right. But, uh, but I don't know if Elijah Blades has that talent too. Now, if you're just but I think say, he hey, starts. Elijah Blades is another body. Well, but I, I, mean, think he beats, I think he beats those guys out for the position. Then if he does, that's an upgrade of whatever. If it's substantially small, then cool. But 
he definitely going to upgrade. If he wins that job, then then it wasn't a bad take, right? If he rides the bench and doesn't do anything, it's still not a bad take. He's like one and done. I don't right. think well, there's I mean, no risk. And, and that's why, I, you know, it's it's hard for me to judge right now whether it's a good take or not. I mean, he's not even committed. He's not enrolled on the campus or anything else. I just don't think that he makes Florida as what he's been as a player – Add in the fact that he hasn't played organized football in a year, I don't think that he necessarily comes in and makes Florida a better team. Now, could he have spent this year working out and becoming, you know, a faster, stronger, better athlete? Sure, he certainly could have done that. But also, when you opt out for that season, he wasn't able to participate in a lot of those organized team activities. He wasn't getting game time, you know. So maybe on film, two years ago he was better than Jaden Hill, but I don't know if he's better than him now okay uh, say you I, don't bring him in right right Jaden Hill's your starter right yeah say, or, Jason say, Mar- or Jason Marshall or oh yeah number of okay why did you say one of them get hurt mm-hmm. then what I mean you could say that about any position right I mean you can no, say no, other positions we have death like we have no death so it's like who's gonna step in I don't we don't even like Jaden Hill that much let alone the guy behind him you know what I'm saying I just think like we just need uh veteran older guys and it just don't I mean he may yeah. Shoot, Elijah Blaze may come and just lay a, a, a like a, a egg. He may not do anything. You know what right. I'm saying? He may not do anything. But I don't see any risk here. I think you, when you have a problem position, you throw bodies at it until you fix it. Yeah. No. And and that's why I'm not against the idea of taking him potentially in the future. But I also think that if Florida has what one scholarship opening right now, Nick, and I know that there's going to be transfers and other things, uh, but you also have the one-time transfer rule that will allow potentially a better player that that might become available in a couple of months. And that spot's taken by a guy that in five years has never lived up to any billing that he had. And who knows in, you know, a couple of months, you know, if a better player doesn't come in and is a better use of that spot, including a better quarterback. Dan, you're a little jaded. No, I mean, we, have, we haven't we haven't taken, but you're a little jaded about the decommitment as well, right? A little bit. No, so. I don't. No, I don't care. No, um, no you no, want to hear jaded? I've, I'll, never, I'll I've, give never, you. I've never met him before, so I don't. I'll I give don't you jaded. Yeah, I, I, jaded? This, this is jaded. Um, back when I was with Gator Country, um, Elijah Blades and C.J. Henderson played in like some USA versus the World high school all star game. What was the final score? I like a million about and, that. Like a oh, million he was with C.J. I, like yeah, 30. man, this man's been this man's working on a doctorate degree. Hopefully, yeah, he's like thirty-five. Um, so, with me. I don't know what they. I, I I was sent down to interview CJ, who was uncommitted, and Elijah, who was committed, that still committed to Florida at that time. Um, so I drive down to Orlando. I watch this practice. I can't care less about this game. Um, didn't want to drive the two hours to Orlando. Um, CJ tells me kindly, "No, thank you." not going to talk about recruiting. And I'm like, well, no one cares about this, this game, bro. I came down to talk about recruiting. Cause like, I think national sign day was like a week later or something like that. No, CJ just don't like to talk to people. He did not like to talk to me. Um, Elijah blades gives me <laughs> blades, gives me an interview and he gives me some like, like Dave Portnoy pizza score. He was like, yeah, I'm 83.67 committed to Florida. I'm like, that sounds like you just pulled that number out of the sky right now. Um, sure. Cool. Send off the, the stories, driving back before I even get back to Gainesville blades has sent out his decommitment tweet. And I'm like, Ooh, just drove four hours for one interview where the kid told me he was a weird number percent committed. And within 
two hours after giving me that number is now decommitted. So now he is 0.0% committed. That's jaded. I've been uh, not typed a fan. All, you typed all the words for no reason. I didn't type any of the words. I just did all the driving. <laughs> I just sent the audio on so that, oh, okay. so that Spivey you could write the words. And I think Spivey hadn't even published a story before the decommitment happened. So they did, you know, four hours round trip of driving for nothing. But I'm, I'm kind of with Silk. Like, if you have a roster spot, um, doesn't hurt. Put a body out there. I, I do think it's it's that Florida is going after these, these you know, transfer portal, grad transfers. Um, I think that's more telling on their mm-hmm. feelings of Jaden Hill this year. Not Jaden Hill necessarily as a player in 2022 or 2023, um, but as telling on him this year. And I think if you're bringing guys in, multiple guys at a position – that tells me you're not confident with what you have going forward right now. Right. That's that's a that's a big red flag. And also, mm-hmm. like people are, are screaming offensive linemen, but to be honest, man, like other every other position probably hits higher than offensive linemen in the portal. Like every single right. position. It's probably dead last in the portal of like success rate. Yeah, unless you're the guy from FSU that FSU is ready to kick out of there and then ends Landon. up winning the uh, yeah. you know, Landon Landon right, right, ends up getting drafted, ends up winning the Remington Trophy, all that kind of fun stuff. But no, I think that you're right. Um, no, I'm not against the idea of bringing in defensive back transfers. I'm not against bringing in a player that adds depth or could potentially start, obviously. I'm just saying that I think that if you're going to use that spot, that there could be potentially better options. And that's one of those gambles that you either hold it now and wait for a better option and hope that there's a better option that you can win or take it now. And, you know, know that that's the bed that you slept in. I was almost in July, though. When you think think they're going to be ready, Dan? Well, I mean, I think that there's going to be some transfers this summer. Um, I think that there's a lot of transfers that you see after summer camp. Um, I don't think that – you know, Elijah Blades coming on, you know, is going to make a, a huge impact. I don't think he's going to start right away. Um, I think that being out of football for an entire year is a big deal. Could they could they possibly just have him wait to enroll? Like, I mean, he's not really a take until he enroll, right? It's not like a letter of intent or anything. So well, they no, could you're, still you're, wait. You're right. They, they could wait. But I, I would imagine that he's being recruited by a number of schools that aren't going to make him wait. To enroll? Yeah, I mean, because he could probably enroll for summer B. I mean, I would imagine Florida wants him there as soon as possible, right? I mean, they're going to practice during the summer, so I don't think that they want him, a guy that hasn't played football in a year, to enroll in August. Right, if they, if that was the interest of, of maybe getting another guy, if they're keeping a the lookout, that could be something. Yo, enroll in the fall while we kind of keep looking around. I'm just speculating. Yeah. Well, his right AARP now. benefits are going to kick in soon, so maybe he can uh, afford college on his own. Who knows? Yeah, I get a mean discount at, the, at social. That's right. Those movie code tickets are going to be cheap. Um, shout out to um, CJ. Um, uh, gosh, I'm just forgetting the names here. Um, the two commitments that, that Florida got. CJ Smith, uh, right? CJ Smith and Shamar James. Right. Sorry about that. Shamar James uh, that committed to the University of Florida. We talked about him briefly. Uh, DJ Wesselak, who's an edge, uh, who's considered a Clemson lean, a top 100 guy, was on campus. Alex McPherson, uh, kicker out of Alabama, uh, brother of Evan McPherson, who just uh, is with the Cincinnati Bengals now, a former Florida Gators kicker, and then Terrence Gibbs running back, uh, who we mentioned as well, uh, were on campus. Um, any thoughts? DJ Wesselak, incredible player. Uh, Silk, have you heard anything about him and, and Florida's recruitment of him? Nah, um, I don't think. We're the leader, but I, I don't know a lot. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like the staff has been really quiet about 
leaking information has been a whole lot of whispers about this person's going to commit at this time. So I don't have a whole lot of information, but from what I do know, um, he's not a Florida lean. Uh, we're mm -hmm. in it, but um, the big dogs in it. These are guys, I mean, we're competing with Alabama this cycle for a lot of kids, man. So we'll see where we're at. I don't know his decision timeline, but I think he's a, a early enrollee, right? I believe so. I don't know what his timeline is yet. I don't know if he's announced one. He told um, he told Corey Florida Florida pitched both inside and outside linebacker to him, um, and and that he got like the family feel. I think Florida really kind of leaned into that. Um, you know, having recruits over to Dan's house, having you know not not just Megan around, but you know all of the the wives and kids, and and really trying to pitch that that Florida's a family. Um, he says that Florida's pretty high. He, you know, you want to play in the SEC when you're a national recruit. You want to play with the best. You want to be at home. So that's the feeling that he got at Florida. He said that's a factor. It feels like home. Um, that is a line you hear a lot now. And I think he is in uh, L.A. at Southern Cal next next weekend or this coming weekend. USC is right. piping up a little bit this cycle. They've been they've yeah. Been on a they've been on the ears and the lips of a lot of kids. That's so. wild, bro. Because Clay Helton, I mean, they've been. They've been trying to get my guy out of there, um, and he's just recruiting through the noise. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I, I don't even know if a lot of these kids were really alive during or watching football. At least the last time USC was a was a national powerhouse. So, what's Alexa West Coast West Coast guy though? So he's on the yeah. West Coast. Uh, I think Oregon's in the mix out there a little bit. Of course, we had the Bam Bam was in the mix with any stud, but he's also a West Coast guy that, of course, I mean naturally. He's a lean. L.A. is still L.A. You know what I'm saying? Like he, still he a, lives in he lives in Missouri, but we'll call that the West Coast. It's close to the West, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's middle nowhere. Um, let's Midwest? see. What is what yeah. is Minnesota? I thought he, I, I really thought he was in like Oregon or something. No, he's in Missouri. Boonville, Missouri. Oh, he's in Missouri. Yeah. I'm saying that. Right? Yeah, he's not going to USC. Yeah, Speaking but if you're right, quick, if you're right in the middle of the country, it's just as quick of a flight to L.A. as it is to Gainesville. Quick, quick sidebar. Bad, bad trips for me this year. Both Columbia's, Missouri, and South Carolina, rough. Real rough. Bottom tier. Bottom tier, bottom feeder in terms of college college towns in the SEC. I would imagine. I've seen us when we played South Carolina, they was throwing like stuff on the field. It was like two years ago, right? Uh, yeah. been, maybe. I don't know. I was there, but I don't remember. Yeah. That's when I told myself I was never going to a game in Columbia right there. Like trash. Yeah, it's a it's a cool. Uh, that's where I, I told you guys I almost got uh, arrested by the uh, police for jumping on a moving train during the middle of the tailgate. That's, what? Yeah, no, uh, they have they, told the story. They have that train in, in South Carolina, right, right behind the stadium. Yeah, hold on, you jumped the, on a moving train. Yeah, it was moving like two miles an hour because it's through town, and so it goes really slow. And I didn't know it was against the law in South Carolina to jump on a moving train so i, I think that's against the law well yeah i mean i don't know train law um get neil <laughs> on and we can talk about train law um hopped on the uh, train got a picture had a cop come up to me he said do you want to get arrested today i said wasn't my intention um he's like if you jump on the train one more time you're going to jail so i uh, did not jump on the train again that's, there are, that's, there, that's there, big. there should be laws against trains that's big 1904 hobo dan vibes right there just yeah, train hopping trying to get out of town when was it? 2009. So statute of limitations is all done. So, uh, so we're, we're all good there. Um, we mentioned him before Isaiah bond, uh, still committed to UF took trips to Miami last weekend, took trips to Alabama this weekend. 
did the Eddie Pinero ride in the front seat of the car with Nick Saban on in the same way Eddie Pinero spurned Nick Saban? Isaiah Bond says he's still committed to the University of Florida. In other news, the Gators offered uh, a punter kicker, Trey Smack, I believe out of Maryland. Uh, he's mm. the number three kicker, uh, the number five punter, uh, according to ESPN. Alex McPherson, who, who we just mentioned, who's the brother of Evan McPherson, is the only other kicker with a scholarship. Evan McPherson, or pardon me, Alex McPherson was just on campus. The Gators offered a, another kicker uh, just a day after he left campus. So I will let you read the tea leaves. You think what he told us, no? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I, how many? How many kicker offers you're gonna send out? This so, is only Florida's second kicker, real kicker offer. So yeah, so I think you you had an official visit. You read some tea leaves. You got some vibes, and you were like, "Hey, let's uh, who's next up?" Yeah, it's time to, I could see him going. I could see him going board. to Bama. I could see Alex going to Bama. He is. Uh, they're from from the state. Uh, I know he's got the Alabama offer out there. I could see him staying closer to home. Yeah, it's tough to follow a legend. I get it. And especially when your brother's the the legend, right? So, all right, guys, ready for buy or sell? It's, Guess I got to learn a new kicker. It's, it's my, my favorite time of the show. All right, Nick, first question for you. Turnover margin. Buy or sell, the Gators have a positive turnover margin this year. I'll buy. Okay. I don't know why. I'm just going to buy. It's good analysis. Just blind money, throwing it. Okay. I like that breakdown, Nick. <laughs> Thanks. Thought about that one for a while. So, buy or sell, the Gators have a positive turnover margin this year. I'm buying it. Okay. I just think of a, a, a pass rush just creates havoc and turnovers, man. I think we'll have a – Hell of a pass for us this year. I think we're going to run the ball a lot. Um, yeah, give me positive, man. Run the ball, play defense, and the vibes. Play action pass off of the run. Control the clock a little bit. Go a little tempo when we can. But, yeah, I like it. What do you like? What do you got, Dan? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna sell. I think the Gators uh, are going to turn over the ball a little bit more this year. Um, or last year the Gators were minus three on turnover margin. Uh, they had 16 gained and then 19 lost. I think that Florida's going to run the ball a little bit more this year. I'm still a little concerned about their ability to hold on to the football. So you have a running quarterback uh, and you also have a quarterback that you have some unknowns. Um, you know, Florida lost, you know, some, some depth there at, at cornerback. Uh, I think that the defensive line will be improved. That's actually going to be the next bar. So question. We lost uh, what at cornerback? We lost some, some depth. Okay. Very good. This, that's what you want to call it. We lost some players. At uh, we, we, we lost some experience. Uh, I, I just, I just am not sure. Uh, we lost some shoe toss, man. We good, man. Yeah. We'll be right. we lost, I mean, we just lost some veteran guys that we always exhausted of more than anything, man. We just, we was ready for some fresh faces anyway at a cornerback position, but sure, yeah, quarterback and at safety. So you know, right. Florida. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Florida has an, a negative margin just for uh, sake of. Staking my ground. That one right. time I'm- Wow. I thought it was a train. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next buy or sell question. Uh, Nick, buy or sell Zach Carter leading the team in sacks? Um, I'll sell that. I think he's going to be a guy that probably 
create sacks for other players um, between him, Valentino and, and Newkirk um, in the middle. I think you've got a bunch of guys that um, can, can fill, you know, fill the gap kind of demand double teams. And I think then, then you start getting, um, you know, Bretton Cox in, in one-on-one scenarios. So I think he's, um, I think he led the team in sacks last year. Um, but I think this year, you know, with, with the added depth you have at defensive tackle, I think he'll be more creating. Um, but I am, I am expecting a big year from him, but, I, but I'll sell. I almost talked myself out of it right there. So. No, no, I'm not going to um, buy Zach Carr leading the team in sacks. I got either Bogle or Cox for that. Give me Bogle. Okay. Um, do you guys know who led the team in sacks last year? Carter, I think. You sure did. No, I'm going to go with that. You weren't listening. I said that. Um, I said that. I almost talked myself into, into uh, a buy right. from a sell after, after dropping that little nugget. Uh, sorry, I was preparing my next buy or sell. Yeah, Zach Carter. I'm going to buy Zach Carter. I think that he's going to be improved. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to create some uh, havoc, like you said, uh, between Newkirk, Shelton, Gervon Dexter, able to eat up some of that space, which is going to open up uh, a guy like Zach Carter, Brenton Cox, Chris Bogo. But I think that Zach Carter leads the teams, not by much, maybe by a full sack or a half sack. Uh, but I do expect a better year out of Brenton Cox. I also expect uh, maybe Andrew Chatfield and a couple of these other guys, Princely, uh, to get a, an opportunity to uh, to climb that uh, stat board as well. And finally, last year, Kadarius Tony averaged. 12.64 yards per punt uh, return. He had one touchdown, 139 yards, and 11 uh, total returns. Do you buy or sell that the Gators are going to have a punt returner average more than 12.64 yards? We'll just say 12 for math, 12 yards per attempt. Nick? Um, I don't like batting leadoff every time. Um I don't know who is who is even going to return punts right now. Yeah. So I'll go sell. Um, I think you know Fenley Graham's a guy that might return kicks. I just don't know who who they would have returning punts. So I, without even a clear person for the job, it's hard for me to sell or to to buy. So I'll sell. Well, if I you think, have to, oh, go ahead, sell. I think he goes with someone sure-handed that he trusts. Like like he always oh, he went with Swain before, yeah. and then he went with KT. So I don't think he go with like a bench rider. Not bench rider, but I don't think he would have none starter. I think he go with like Jacob Copeland or somebody. Um, so still tricky for me. That that ain't that average sounds pedestrian, but it's not. <laughs> no, no. I mean that's punt return. You get you know a bunch of fair catches. You get a bunch of you know try to do something, get two yards, five yards. You like right. the uh, punt returns a lot different. I just don't know if Copeland's got like that. Kadarius is so good at the stop start. Um, you know he doesn't have any ACLs. There's nothing to tear in there, and he just you know. Um, stops on a dime and is off full speed in the other direction and, you know, in the snap of the finger. Um, I think Copeland's more of a straight line guy. I don't know if he has the same quickness and you're really looking for a guy. First off, like, I, I like think you Copeland said, is just as quick. I just think he does less. Like mm-hmm. Sometimes I think uh, Kadarius Tony got on our nerves with the over-exaggerating some of his cuts and stuff. I think Copeland is just as quick as, as uh, him. But I just think he does less when he gets the ball. He tries to get upfield mm-hmm. and not shake people. Um more like a Percy Harvin type quick than than um, a Kadarius Tony quick. Mm, I like that, Nick. If you could pick one person to, to return kicks for your return punts for your team that's on this roster, who would it be? 
Um, I wouldn't pick Copeland. Um, I don't know. I think. I think. You, you know, Graham, like I don't, I don't know Graham. Like I don't know if I don't know if you put Hendo there. Um, I don't know if he's if he's done that before, um, or if he means maybe too much to your offense and you don't want him to be there. Um, but for me, if we're not worrying about you know injuries or anything like that, I I try um, Henderson. That's a tall ass punt return. So, I'm just saying, I ain't saying nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying it's tall. I'm I'm gonna throw a. I like I, I like Copeland for punt return. I'm gonna go on okay. the record. I, I give me Cope or maybe um, Bobin or running back or somebody like that. Um, who you got, Dan? I was gonna throw a, a different name out there because he's sneaky, athletic, he's <laughs> deceptively quick. Where are you going with this? Um, Whitmore. He's a, he's a coach's kid. Uh, Jim Rat, first in, last out type of guy. I, I like I like a little Whitmore back there potentially. Right, I'm, I'm right, not Dan. sure. Okay, I'm Dan. not sure if he's getting uh, much playback there. I'm not sure if he's doing <laughs> it. But when I when I think of consistency, <laughs> so when just I think of sure handedness. You. Yeah. It's ridiculous. See what I've had to deal with for two oh, years. Oh my goodness! Just yeah, he's no he way. Well, the he pit, the, the the will, the Whitmore Hive uh, leadership by Dan has been phenomenal, man. I can't, you know, it's, it's impressive stuff, man. But upon return, bro, I don't know about that one. I do like wit. I forgot Demarcus Bowman. I think you like casually mentioned him. Silk. I, that that'll be my new guy, Demarcus Bowman for punt return. Bowman yeah, I mean just to keep him happy, get some, give him some touches. Electrical guy. I like Bowman in that spot. Even lingers a top end speed guy. But you gotta get so that's an opportunity to score with the type of athletes we have on campus. So I don't want nobody back there like Swain just making safe catches. I want somebody that could score with that thing every time they touch it. Someone who woke up feeling dangerous. Right. 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 I see it. Trent Woodward is probably not that guy. He doesn't seem like the type of wake up danger. For sure, he's more Freddie Swain in that position than I would say Kadarius Tony. Mm. Yeah, and Freddie Swain did return punts under Dan Mullen. So my final question to you. Yeah, I'm not saying he won't get it, but I wouldn't like it if he did get it. <laughs> All right, last one: <laughs> buy or sell? Uh, this is going to be a tough one for me to judge. I'm just going to throw a number out there. I was just doing some some research about it. Um, buy or sell? Emory Jones throws the ball at least 325 times this season. Uh, so I don't even know if that's bad or good. Like that would be a little bit less than 30 passes per game. Yeah. So yeah, I, just, I, I, just, I, I, I buy, I just think that's where the league is going. Okay. I just think like football is just such a passing league. They ain't gonna have no, no choice. Yeah, we have Quincy Avery. We had Quincy Avery on the show. We had Denny Thompson on the show hyping up Emory Jones. Before the question is even finished, Nick is selling. Um, obviously not buying into the Denny Thompson. Yeah, you feel it? Avery. You see? Like, we got experts coming here in disrespect. You see? I'm the expert here. Um, on baseball. I mean, last last year, last year Kyle, Kyle Trask averaged 36 a game last year. And if we're talking about using Emory yeah. Jones – um, legs as as you know an ability to change and make the offense more dynamic. You're going to say he's throwing, you know, six, you know, just around the same as much uh, the same as Kyle Trask did last year. I just don't see it. You only had, I think, seven quarterbacks throw average thirty a game last year, um, and, and you know some of them were guys like um, Trask and Mac Jones who weren't running ever. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just think it. once you get into SEC play, that like some of the the pace of the game is gonna just make us have to throw that many times a game. 
regardless, I think teams are going to load the box. I mean, 30 is probably a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a hard buy and sell. Cause I thought that was a crazy yeah. number when he said it. It's probably closer to 25, right? Yeah, I wish I, would done, I wish I would have done the math a little bit better. I was trying to average all these numbers in my head from the last, like, seven or eight seasons. But that's what I get for doing this on the fly, Nick. Yeah. I'm just here to pull up CFB stats and keep you in check two weeks in a row now. No, I appreciate that. I'm here. I like I like uh, Spencer's take on Copeland. He says he's tough out there to catch. He like him on punts, too. I like that. I like Copeland there, man. Maybe you're right. I mean, I, I thought I thought they were crazy when they put Swain back there. And then – a and little then he bit. He started breaking them off. Well, well yeah, he, he, made it, he made it look good. Every now and then. I mean, he was just safe. It, it was, was a safe smart. It was a smart play. It was a smart move. But like in hindsight, I wouldn't mind seeing Tony back there then. <laughs> I think that was before Kadarius Tony realized that he doesn't need to run 150 yards sideline to sideline to gain two. I'd rather yeah. see him go sideline to sideline for 50 yards than some of those characters, though. Be honest. Yeah, but I saw Kadarius Tony make some risky catches last year that the year before. That nah, probably would have given me a heart attack. I feel you. He's got to the point where he would like, it'd be like fair catch, fair catch, fair catch. And he's like, I don't care if I'm catching this at the one. Like this, this one, this yeah, punt is die. being returned. Yeah, this punt is being returned fair. unless it's out of bounds. And I might run up the sideline with it just to, just to get some running. I think good punt returns are all a little insane. And I think um, Copeland's a little insane. One of those that start like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, go. Okay. Like what? what what's worse to happen? I die. Let me just catch it. <laughs> <laughs> if I die, I die. Let's catch this ball. All right. I love it. Well, boys, that's that's this week of buy or sell. Appreciate you playing, and we're still keeping tally. Oh, we keeping tally of this? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like man, I've been I've been yeah. reckless throwing money around. Yeah, <laughs> your, your reckless takes no more. File bankruptcy on the show. <laughs> Shout out to the great folks at Brown Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg got you. Home, auto, life insurance, renter's insurance, any financial service that you may need, my man Greg got you. Visit BrunInsurance.com or give him a call at 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. Perfect. Well, let's get into Gator News of the Week. Not a ton going on, but still some really big stuff is happening in the world of Gator sports. Uh, Florida Gators a swimming coach, Anthony Nesty, who coaches both men and women's, was tabbed as an assistant swim coach uh, for the United States men's Olympic team. He's going to join former Florida Gator head coach Greg Troy uh, with that team. Uh, if you don't remember, Anthony Nesty won his third straight SEC of the year title, helping the men's team to their ninth consecutive league title back in February. He's going to join with his swimmers, current players, our current swimmers, pardon me, Kieran Smith and Bobby Fink, uh, who's going to join Caleb Dressel, who is slated to have another monster Olympics uh, for the United States swimming team. So congratulations to him. We talked about it last week that Brian Shelton and Tanner Stump won ITA regional awards last year. Well, shout out to both of them. They were named by the ITA as the national coach of the year and national assistant coach of the year. So congratulations to Brian Shelton and Tanner Stump of the men's national championship tennis team. Nick, up your alley, outfielder Judd Fabian was named to the 2021 NCBWA third team All-American team. Judd Fabian was also named along with left-handed pitcher Hunter Barco as a first team and second team, respectively, 2021 Southeast 
ABCA slash Rawlings, all regional team last week. So congratulations to those boys. In gymnastics, two incoming Gator freshmen, Riley McCusker and Leanne Wong, earned berths onto the 2021-2022 U.S. National Gymnastics Team. In women's lacrosse, Reggie Thorpe joined the lacrosse staff as an assistant coach. He joined from the University of Pittsburgh, and before that, he served 10 years as head coach at Syracuse University. So welcome, Coach Thorpe. And finally, in women's volleyball, incoming freshman Gabby Essex earned a spot on the women's indoor under-20 national training team. She is a six-foot-three middle blocker from Hoover, Alabama, and is just one of 20 players selected for this honor. So congratulations to them. And that is this week's Gator News of the Week. That was exciting. That was exciting. Just a slow time right now, but uh, the Olympics make it give you a little more content for Gator News of the Week. Yeah, we're just a couple couple of what, weeks from the Olympics. Yeah. A little flamingo action coming on the way. Grant? Yeah, I lost Dan a little with the flamingo. I could yeah. tell. Yeah, well, it took yeah, me a second because the Kush House has the flamingo. Yeah, yeah. No, we're talking. We're talking about uh, Stadium and Gale legend. Yeah. That um, Silk, you, you're big um, you're big track guy. You watch like the trials and all that stuff that's going on. Yeah, it's crazy right now, man. So much speed out of Texas and Jamaica that is nuts, man. But yeah, it's fun. That's the only thing I really like in the Olympics. I don't get into all the other stuff. I don't even watch the dream team of basketball. I just watch. 100, 200, 400, 4 by one, and I'm out of there. Man, I maybe, maybe the mile relay. I watch all of that. I love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, back went back a couple years, it was three years ago now. I'm up at like 3:30 watching USA Canada curling. Yeah. No idea what the rules are. Yeah, totally into it. Yeah. One year I got into curling real, real, real heavy, and it's like more of a touch sport. I would say, right. I think that was in what probably twenty, probably two thousand eight or twenty twelve. Those were the two Olympics where curling like took off, and then I feel like last Olympics it just kind of made died back down. And when I say two thousand eight or two thousand twelve, I meant twenty ten or twenty fourteen uh, were the Olympics that uh, that you probably got into curling. Uh, so I was actually I was traveling for work, and I was in Windsor, Canada, uh, back in twenty eleven, February twenty eleven, and I saw uh, curling in person. And I don't know if I've ever watched anything more boring in my life in person. How dare you? No, it's just, you know, when the cameras are on it, when you, when you have overhead cams of everything, you know, when you have commercial breaks, when they don't show, when you have multiple matches going on at the same time, man, I, I just about fell asleep, but I paid $45 to be there. So I was going to watch the whole damn thing. Most 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 exciting I sport on ice. I went to a cricket game in Bahamas. That was pretty fucking um, boring in a snort fest. That's a long, those cricket games were long. Boring. So he was out there for six and a half days watching. No, I had an uncle that uh, used to tell me all his cricket stories. I thought he was a liar. So I went to a game one time to see like if he's get his stats. And I realized it was the boringest game ever. Shot the cricket. Nick, what's the most boring game you've watched besides uh, the sport you cover? Uh, used to go to some hockey games where you get free oh, tickets to watch the Panthers. Um, that's the only way to get me in, into a, into a hockey arena is that I got free tickets and uh, there's no need to go. Is anywhere. it like curling a little bit to you? 
No, I think Curly's much more exciting. That's probably the, the most exciting, <laughs> most exciting game on ice. Yeah, this absolute, good. absolute slander on here. The, the Lightning <laughs> take on the Islanders in just thirty-four so minutes here. Pretty much speed curling. He just uh, doesn't think, mean that. I think <laughs> hockey is like figure skating with sticks. Yeah, a couple fights in between. Yeah, <laughs> a couple. I think they're discouraging fighting now. Nick, my my uh, sport is discouraging, not outlawing, discouraging fighting. And your sport is talking about sticky putty that you put on your hands to throw a baseball. So we'll talk about which one is more exciting. Yeah, uh, don't get me started. Yeah. Do, they, do, they, do, they still rush the, do they still rush the mound in baseball these days? No? Uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, frowned upon, but it happens. Okay. Mm, very good. Well, Silk, that brings us to the end of our show. Why don't we get a Manscaped ad read and then Nick – Think about what your song of the week is going to be, my friend. Ah, oh, man. Shout out to my um, family jewels, man. Smooth as eggs. Shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. Be sure to use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. It's a great time to have ball deodorant. Summer is officially here and it is scorching outside. Ball deodorant saved my Father's Day weekend. Without it, I, I would have probably ran back inside and just chilled on the couch in the AC. But thank God to manscaping that ball deodorant. I was able to vibe out by the pool. You know what I'm saying? Chill. Very good. Yeah. Do some fatherly things in the heat. Can't balls. leave home without it. Absolutely not, man. It's um, like a I got, Visa card for your balls. Have you gotten a new kit? I opened a new kit, man. It got more gifts for your balls. More packages for my package. Coupon code. So, What's up? You got, you got questions? <laughs> so, so we, we yes, no, and not specific. I, I love you flustered. Yeah, so you left me a little flustered. So, uh, in the new package they gave us, I haven't, I haven't opened mine, and in fact, I'm thinking of giving it as a gift to somebody. Um, I haven't figured out I a like way that it. we're going to do this as maybe a giveaway, a Stadium Miguel giveaway. Uh, but it comes with a razor, it comes with an exfoliating lotion, um, it comes with a what a shaving mm-hmm. cream as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think we're going to figure out a way to uh, to do a giveaway for one of those. But uh, as always, thanks for uh, supporting me. Let's give away mine too. I'll buy one. Whatever. Let's give away. Let's, I'll give away mine to the fans as well. Okay, cool. We'll give away two. Nick needs his for uh, for personal use, uh, so he's going to keep his. <laughs> we can give away three. Probably, no, you're probably <laughs> scruffy, bro. If you're scruffy, you're scruffy. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Nick, that's Nick's cool. A scruffy. Yeah, yeah. We don't ask personal questions on this show. Everybody deserves smooth balls, so let's give away two kits. All right, very good. Two kits of clean balls coming your way. Uh, we'll we'll come up with a uh, a way to give those away here shortly. Nick, take us out with the song of the week. Um, I was listening to it; just came on randomly. Uh, my guy Logic. We're gonna go with Logic. Uh, I like Logic. Logic featuring this one's from his, I think, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is the album, and we're gonna go Logic Homicide featuring the Goat Eminem. Very good. Goat. Looking forward to that. The white rapper goat. Oh, I, I like that. Put him in a box. Like I, I'm, I'm a still, still like my white rapper goat is Mac Miller, but I'm gonna let you slide with that. I like Mac, but M- M's the guy I grew up on. That's the one where you had to like. I think he came out his first album. I must have been in like fifth, sixth grade, and you had to get your hands on it, and you're like, oh, right, right. no, nah, no, nah, M got the bars. I just like not let mom and dad hear hear what I'm listening to right now. Not would not be approved of. Yeah, Eminem is is crazy with, with with the bars, but I just thought Mac had the vibes, man. I'm more of a vibe guy. Yeah, man, you're not gonna throw a lot. You're not gonna throw the Marshall Mathers LP on, uh, you know, at the cookout. That's not that's nah, not really nah. what you're vibing to. Only Mac's when got, I want to go like 
terrorize my ex. <laughs> You're gonna throw Kim on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Same quarter, same time next weekend. Already. Bet. Son, you know why you the greatest alive? Why, Dad? Because you came out of my balls, nigga. <laughs> fuck rap. Bustle like an addict with a semi-automatic. Who done had it and he ready for anybody to buck back? Hold on, catch a vibe. Ain't no way in hell we leaving nobody alive. Even suicide, no fuck that. Bobby feeling villainous, he killing us. I'm coming for your man and his lady and even a baby. I'm feeling like I'm chicken, 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 slim shady with rabies. I'm pulling at the mouth. Ain't nobody taking me out. Every single rapper in the industry, yeah, they know what I'm about. And I dare you to test me. Cause not a single one of you motherfuckers impressed me. And maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'm full of innovation. And I'm tired of all that it's high school. He's cool. He's not rap shit. Can a single one of you motherfuckers even rap shit? No, this ain't a diss to the game, this a gas to the flame. Nowadays, everybody sound the same shit's lame. Like a mod to the flame, I'm a real man and killer. No, you feeling it? This isn't what I'm spilling and I'm feeling myself. Yeah, yeah, Bobby, but he been feeling himself. Man's murder like this can't be good for my health. When I rap like this, do I sound like shit? Well, it don't really matter, cause I'm killing this shit. Yeah, I'm killing this shit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm killing this shit. Bobby, how many times you been killing this shit? Find another rhyme, goddamn, nigga, shit. Fuck rap, bustle like an addict with a semi automatic. Who done had it and he ready for anybody to buck back? Go to catch a vibe, ain't no way in hell we leaving nobody alive. Even suicide, no fuck. Fuck that, Bobby feeling villainous, he killing us I'm coming for your man and his lady and even a baby I'm feeling like I'm chicka 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 slim shady There's nowhere to hide, we call this shit genocide Hit him with that doop doop then they die We gon' leave them crucified, we call this shit genocide I got bitches, I got hoes, I got rare designer clothes No we ain't fucking with that, yet yeah, there's a time and a place But if you ain't coming with the illness of raps Call it yourself the greatest alive, then you don't deserve to do that No no oh no no please do not do that You gon' get smacked, you gon' make Bobby attack You gon' make Bobby boy snap, you gon' make Bobby boy snap Bobby boy, fuck rap. Bustle like an addict with a semi-automatic. Who done had it and he ready for anybody to buck back? Gonna catch a vibe, ain't no way in hell we leaving nobody alive. Even suicide, no fuck that. Bobby feeling villainous, he killing us. I'm coming for your man and his lady and even a baby. I'm feeling like I'm chicken, 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 slim shady. Chicken, 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 Like Jay-Z, jiggas up, you fuckers who didn't write anything are getting washed. Chicken, 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 like bathing. Young Hova, I know hitters like Yankees. Gun toters, the pull triggers like crazy. Unloaded, leave you shot up in your rover. Your body goes limp and slumps over like A-Rod in a month low, but he just homered. Hold up, I said Rover because now your Rover is red Like Red Rover so you know what I meant But I wrote over my opponents instead Making dark sounds cause I gotta keep breaking these bars down I'll go slow for the spits But when I go roof like the Doberman said I still think the roof would go over your head Beast mode, motherfuckers about to get hit with so many foul lines You think I'm a free throw, figured it was about time for people to eat crow You about to get outrun, how could I be dethroned? I stay on my toes like the repo, a behemoth in sheep clothes From the east coast to the west, I'm the ethos And I'm the goat, who the best? I don't gotta say a fucking thing though, cause I'm seasonal But you don't wanna hear me spit the facts Your shit is ass like a tailbone and you're trapped in your cell phone I'm a chicken scratch on myself load I don't wanna fucking listen to you bitch rap someone else wrote Used to get beat up by the big kids Used to let the big kids steal my big wheel And I wouldn't do shit but just sit still Now money's not a big deal I'm rich, I wipe my ass with six mil Big bills like a platypus of caterpillars Coming to get the cannabis I'm looking for the smoke But you motherfuckers are scattering, battering everything And I've had it with the inadequate man I can see my dick is standing stiff as a mannequin And I'm bringing the banana back in the fucking headbanic in the handkerchief And I'm thinking of bringing the fucking fingerless gloves back And not giving a singular fuck like fuck rap I sound like a fucking millionaire with a derringer With a hair trick about the bear hugging fucking Terry And a Rick Flair dripping y'all couldn't hold the candle let a prayer vigil when I vent They compare me to a fucking air duck I'm about to bare knuckle it Nah, fuck it I'm gonna go upside your head With a Nantucket Africa fucking dab Or the track is the blood I'm attracted I'm attacking it What Dracula? Fuck that shit I'm up back with a thud Man, stop Look what I'm planning Planning I'm planning to Do all this while you're panicking And you're looking and staring at mannequins And I'm going to Fanikins Trying to get up a planikins All of the planikins Sanikin Fan, fan, panikins While all the panikins Sanikin Anna in the cabana You're in a cabana I'm in a cabana and a chant I'm in a cabana chanting on a stand-up banner. Well, you don't got the stamina, you're lacking the stamina. 
You lack of the stamina while you're divorcing Harrison Ford and I'm in a portion of floor ports while I'm on torrent. You're using way too many napkins. Papkins. Lapkins is chapkin. You're using chapstick and napkins while I'm papkin. Flapping around like a papkin. Flamming a babbit and pan and champkin. Damn it, a canopy.